This is Sunday's Psychedelic Spirit with Aaron Akulis, brought to you by the Peace on Drugs podcast. From Luke 23, verses 33 through 34. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Okay, so this week I chose something from the Bible, which I was a little apprehensive about, because if you're like me, you know, not religious, you might be quick to dismiss anything talking about the Bible, because you know usually when someone you know, starts talking about the Bible, things get weird and you know, culty and you know, come to my churchy, give us your money. But anyway, I was, I was raised Christian, and I remember that verse specifically standing out as a child. And uh, like I said, like I want all religions included in this psychedelic spirit. And a book I highly recommend, The Immortality Key by Brian Muir Rescue, he makes a case that Jesus was in fact a reincarnation or his story, a retelling of the story of Dionysus, the Greek wine god, who was immortalized in the Greek play, The Baki, four centuries before Jesus. In this play, Dionysus, who was born of a virgin, and the son of Zeus, son of God. He was also depicted wearing a crown of vines. Thank Jesus with the crown of thorns. And for Dionysus' first trick as the son of God in the Bacchae, he turns water into wine at a party that ran out of wine. So this is also the same story that John tells about Jesus in the Bible in a way he was saying that he was speaking to the Greeks like, hey, what Jesus is doing is the same thing. It was code for like the same thing that the wine god was doing. And Brian Murescu makes the claim that early Christianity was a wine cult. Think Catholic mass, wine and crackers. Only the wine of ancient Greece was actually, and this is a theory, was actually a psychedelic brew made with ergot, which uh, contains lysergic acid, as in LSD. Now, if you're a Christian, you might be quick to dismiss this claim as nonsense without looking into it at all. But his case is a lot stronger than you might think. And if you want me to join your cult, convincing me it's a psychedelic cult and that Jesus is the reincarnation of the wine god Dionysus is a pretty good start. So anyway... I chose that verse from Luke because uh, this week's psychedelic spirit is about the concept of us and them. And I felt that verse uh, showed something powerful. Whether you believe the story actually happened or if you believe it was fiction, that's irrelevant. Just the point is, is, is the story. Imagine, imagine being nailed to a cross after having uh, the skin ripped off your back from being whipped by a barbed whip they called the cat of nine tails a crown of thorns hammered into your head, and then you're hung on a cross to slowly bleed to death. And as your prosecutors or tormentors are doing this, you ask for their forgiveness. If it were me, I'd be spitting and cursing. But in this story, Jesus has a deeper understanding of humanity. He said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, he realizes that they're caught up in the delusion in the story of crime and punishment and hate and anger. And because he understood this, he felt for them. He did not wish what was happening to him to happen to them. 
Instead, he asks for their forgiveness. An this is an example of someone not seeing me and them, only us, humanity. And that's this week's psychedelic spirit. We're going to talk about us and them. This concept is an illusion of sorts. We shouldn't see a them. It's only us, one human family. And we should extend this to all of Earth's creatures. Uh, for a second, I'm going to get off on a little, we're going to get into some dark water here, some hard truths. There is a mass extinction of species happening around the globe. Scientists at the UN Convention on Biological Diversity concluded that every day, up to 150 species are lost. And this could be up to 10% of the species around the globe within a decade. Also, every single day, over 200,000 acres of the Amazon is burned. Think about this. This land is home to all kinds of wildlife and indigenous tribes of hunters and gatherers. And agriculture humans, as I, I am, and anyone listening to, to, the, to any podcast is, these agriculture humans, they buy the land from each other. Not from the animals and tribes that live there. They buy it and they destroy it. And most of it is for industrial farming. 20% of the Amazon is gone. The Amazon is the Earth's lung. It takes in greenhouse gases and releases oxygen for the planet. And you know that's the very best example of the analogy that humans are a virus or, or cancer. But the thing is, it's, it's our culture that is the virus. It's not our species. The hunter and gatherers living in the, in the forest are not the problem. It's the agricultural societies, and we have to figure this out. I think... One way I've heard to say that we need like extremely wealthy companies, companies like Amazon that are literally named after the rainforest. Instead of Jeff Bezos spending billions to go to space, how about spend some billions and buy some of the Amazon to preserve it? I mean, we're just going to destroy the earth and then what? A, a small percentage of the most wealthy people in the world get to live in a little box on Mars? That doesn't make any sense. We already have a planet that's, you know, far beyond anything Mars could ever be. Um, another thing, another one of these dark realities is 50% of the coral reefs are dead in the ocean. These, re these are where all these wildlife in the ocean go to feed. These are living and breathing things and 50% is dead. You know, so what should we do about these things? Uh, veganism seems uh, the best option. But we still have to, to clear land to grow vegetables, but it's a ton less than to, that we have to clear for meat because we also have to grow vegetables to feed the livestock. Um, meat, see, I think meat is necessary for a healthy diet, so I'm actually not vegan. Um, some of you may disagree, and I'd love to be wrong about this, but um, you know, vegans have to take certain vitamin supplements, so I'm pretty sure that uh, we, we need some meat. But I've cut meat out of about 80% of my meals. And if everyone would do that, it would have a huge impact on the world. And I think that less meat is very healthy. Humans evolved eating the leftovers of kills, um, you know, uh, scraping like bone marrow, and we'd catch some fish or birds, but it, it wasn't much, um, it, it wasn't until much further in our development 
that we uh, we got we actually developed tools for hunting bigger game. So a lot of our diet consisted of nuts and berries and stuff like that. So I, I think uh, much higher. If you look at the um, like chimpanzees diet, they eat very little meat, but they do eat some meat, and that's why I think you know that's our closest relative in the natural world. So I just think our cultures uh, kind of turned into this. Um, like every, if you go to like a fast food restaurant, there's very there, it's just actually finally starting to change. You can get a veggie burger, but most of these veggie burgers are all processed crap. I mean, that's just not they're not very healthy. I make my own veggie burgers at home. Uh, you can do you can just look up different recipes. Uh, there's lentil burgers are really really good. I made a um, shiitake mushroom and uh, black bean burger. That was awesome. So. Definitely finding ways to do different meals. Also, sometimes I just do rice and beans for my meal, and that, that's it. But I do have meat, like I say, in a small percentage of my meals still. And if you're completely vegan, you know, more power. That's awesome. I just think um, if you're if you're like me and you you don't want to give up meat completely, try to cut out as much of it as possible. And I think it'll be healthier for you also. Um, so no, another thing is is where you get your meat is crucial because the industrial farming is is basically a form of torture. We are torturing animals. It's it's a kind of a really gross uh, gross machine uh, that, that we've created, and uh, it's a, created a really sad existence for a large percentage of animals around the world. And so if you can find a local farm, I think we should support farm to table. If you go to a restaurant. You know, where you know, there's a lot of places that are coming up that serve farm to table. Like this is from a local farm. This is grass fed, stuff like that. So if you're getting your meat, making sure that it's, you know, even if you get cage free eggs at the grocery store, a lot of that's misleading. I was reading that it, that it may just mean that they have a slightly bigger cage. So just being aware of where your food comes from is important. If you can catch your own fish, stuff like that. Um, so this week, in thinking about the world's creatures, all as us, let's try and eat less meat, use reusable bags at the grocery store, buy less plastic, be fastidious in your recycling habits, ride a bike to work if you can. Also, practice thinking of everyone you interact with as us. Be kind, understanding. And, and let me be honest, this isn't something I'm great at. Like, but it's something I'm trying really hard to do. And the more we practice this and meditate or pray on this idea, the more ingrained it will become in us to where we won't have to try. We will just be kind. In um, Rick Hansen's book, Buddha's Brain, he says to reflect on the suffering so many people endure. Reflect, too, on what others may have been like as young children. This will activate the warmth and good nature we feel towards little kids. I'm going to read another excerpt from the book. It's called Buddha's Brain. That's a book I highly recommend. This is Expanding the Category of Us. Be mindful of the automatic mental processes that cause you to identify with a particular group. Gender, race, religion, sexual orientation, political party, nation. And then regard members of different groups as others. Focus on similarities between us and them, not differences. Recognize that everything is connected to everything else, that us is the whole wide world, that in a deep sense the entire planet is your home and the people on it are your extended family. 
So this week's Psychedelic Spirit is to try and reconnect with the world. Our culture is built on each of our individualities. It's work hard and get paid, write a good song, get it played. It's, it's separated us so much from our natural being. We are animals, but we use makeup and uh, like fancy hairstyles and jewelry and drive fancy cars and wear fancy clothes and we think about and we think that all that bullshit is who we are. We rank each other on these things. But who we are is our spirit. And our spirit is connected to all of life, every living thing on the planet. That's the first thing I learned when I took LSD at 16. I felt the extreme glow and saw it in everything. I laughed at all the people around me, seeing that they were all lost in their mental stories of who they thought they were because of who they've been told they are. I remember one time I walked into a bar when I was on mushrooms and I was listening to a drunk girl gossiping about her friends. And it was like this gross thing that was, you know, this thing that happens. And I've been guilty of it myself, you know, but when I was on these drugs, it showed me just how fake our culture can be and how beautiful it could be. I think we have a, a spiritual awakening happening, but the problem is that we need 100% of humans to wake up to save this wonderful, beautiful planet. So I think we start with treating everyone as us. And if those, who are, are, if those of us who are waking up will treat those who are still unconscious with warmth and love and respect, maybe they will begin to wake up too. That means no flipping off people who are on a different political party you oppose or booing fans from another team. Someone at a store isn't nice. No reporting them to the manager. You know what? If someone's mean to you at a store or says something you don't like, go find the manager and give them a non-sarcastic compliment. Make it up. They were very helpful. You just wanted to say how thankful you were for their help. And the person that was, you know, rude to you. They might be confused, but see, maybe the next customer that comes in and needs help will have a friendly reaction because you brightened their day. Think of, uh, you think of them as a child, as Rick Hansen said. You know, some children lose parents or siblings or have an abusive parent. Whatever, whatever that scared child went through, here they are, now trying to get through life, paycheck to paycheck. Then they snapped at you for asking about the gluten-free option or whatever it was that you were asking. Simply return all of people's energy with positivity and it will spread. The insidious nature of negativity can be reversed. There is no them, it is only us. So this week, let's try and begin our journey into the rest of our lives as one family one huge family, all infinitely connected to this beautiful planet Earth. So thanks for listening. That was this week's Sunday's Psychedelic Spirit. <laughs>